0: I am Don Tess, better known as the Dawn of Beer.
1: And I am M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels.
0: Welcome to episode 38 of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. This week on the show, we're going to talk about kernza, an interesting regenerative grain that breweries are just starting to work with. Please visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at All About Beer. And if you're feeling generous, please visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. M, do you know what kernza is?
1: Well, I know that kerning is uh, spacing between letters in a font. Is it it the same as that?
0: Uh, No, not kerning, kernza.
1: I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that
0: is. (laughs) Well, I have good news for you because we're going to learn all about kernza today. Love it. If you would like to help support the All About Beer podcast, please reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com.
2: Speaking of supporting this show, here is a word from our sponsors. Attention brewers, registration for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards closes on January 31st. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP sanctioned event judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. Use promo code All About Beer to receive 10% off of your order. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024, by visiting slash register. Don't delay, learn more, and get your beers signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register and use promo code ALLABOUTBEER. Welcome to Australia Galicia, where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906. They are all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining their commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their original brewery in La Coruña, each beer boasts its own distinctive recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. They shun high-gravity tricks and avoid additives, even in their alcohol-free beers, and stick firmly to traditional methods. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Estrella Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference, sip by sip. Danny Kimbler, Serves as the Chief Communications Officer
0: of the Land Institute, an independent 501c3 nonprofit research organization developing diverse perennial grain crops and agriculture. Before joining the Land Institute, she worked at General Mills as a senior marketing communications planner for mission to help brands nourish communities and regenerate and regenerate agriculture. Before that, Kimbler worked as an assistant marketing communications manager for Cascadian Farm Organic and launched the first breakfast cereal made with Kernza, perennial grain to raise awareness of the positive impact of climate-smart ingredients. When not standing in a perennial grain field or drinking a Kernza beer, she tends a historic community victory garden plot in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to the show, Tammy.
3: Hi, how are you? Good to be here.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time and your expertise. Um, tell us, uh, I guess, a little bit about the Land Institute and then what Kernza is, is is the kind of the point of this show. So what is Kernza and what's, how does the Land Institute fit in that?
3: Well, I'll I'll start with the Land Institute. So the Land Institute is an independent nonprofit scientific research organization, and we were founded in 1976. And our home base is located in Salina, Kansas, uh, right in the middle of the country. So the Land Institute is working to develop perennial grain food crops and agriculture that is rooted in the principles of something called natural systems agriculture that has a holistic ecological, social and economic uh, benefit proposition. And then Kernza specifically is one of those perennial grain crops. And I get particularly excited about uh perennial grain crops and Kernza in particular because Kernza is a delicious grain that you plant once, the growers plant once, and it lives for three to five years and you can harvest grain for three to five years from that same original seed. So you don't have to replant it every year. And it has beyond its tasty components as food. It's also great as a forage crop for cattle and it develops these incredibly long ZZ top style uh, roots. That are about ten <laughs> feet long.
1: Oh boy!
0: Um, so you're you're starting to talk about it, but why is that good for the planet? How is that regenerative? I guess.
3: So, one of the things that is a problem in um, land that is tilled and left bare is that extreme weather events like harsh rains or wind erode the topsoil and topsoil is critical for agriculture to grow food in and the and the downside of that beyond losing the topsoil is it then pollutes streams and ends up in the Gulf of Mexico if you're like me and you're from the Midwest which causes all sorts of problems for fisheries and life life in general in the Gulf of Mexico. So when you have a long root system that stays in the ground all year long, it holds on to that soil. And in addition to holding on to the soil and keeping it from running away in the weather events, it also creates a lovely pathway into the soil for water. So when you have that rain event, the water actually goes into the ground instead of running off and returns to the water table um, and makes everyone's life a lot easier.
0: Um, So you're, again, you're kind of leading, always leading me to my next question. (laughs) Um, So uh, is it also less resource intensive? Like um, it sounds like it maybe doesn't need irrigation from what you just said. But then also maybe, does it need fertilizer? What other, does it need anything special? Maybe it doesn't need anything (laughs) special, and that's what's special about it.
3: So because, again, this plant is able to take advantage of its solar resources, the sun, year round, um, and be in the soil all year round, it essentially gets better access to nutrients that uh, a crop that say like uh, an annual wheat, you know, is planted. If it's winter wheat, it's planted in the fall and harvested, you know, midsummer. That, and then there's nothing. There's a there's a blank spot right where it's planted and has to regrow. So it has actually access to more nutrients than some other annual grain crops. So it's not that Kernza doesn't require nutrients, it's just it's really well adapted at getting them itself without them being input. And in addition to that, because it has this potential to pull water resources into the soil profile, they hang out there and are available for when it's needed, as opposed to having to water it intensively on purpose. Now, that is not to say it doesn't need water. It absolutely does and that it doesn't need nutrients because it definitely needs nutrients. It's just better at getting them on a regular basis. I will say one area where um, water is particularly important with Cairnsa is when you first plant it, it needs water. Uh, it oh, needs wow. water to establish, and hopefully you have the sweet spot of catching the rains uh, to make that happen. But there are growers in some areas that that who have access to irrigation, um, who irrigate to get it established. But after that point, hopefully you get enough rainfall into the soil profile that you don't have to.
0: Okay. And they're not applying nitrogen or anything like that.
3: So there have been a lot of, yeah, there have been a lot of, um, research, uh, studies done because Kearns is very new, uh, and it does benefit from nitrogen applications. So that research is still ongoing, but even that is considerably less than some other applications, partly because Kernza is so good at utilizing it all. For instance, wheat only uses about 50% of the nitrogen fertilizer that's put on it. Kernza uses
2: 95%.
3: Oh, wow. So it's a very efficient uptake and means you have to you can use less.
0: Okay, which is good for the farmers too.
3: Yes, very good. Cost less. <laughs> yeah.
1: So when Kernza is all ready to be harvested, what can it be used for? Can it be just a substitute for barley or wheat? I mean, this is a beer program, so obviously, <laughs> yes. uh, it can be used to brew be- beer in small amounts. Um, but what else? Uh, is this? Uh, is it is Kernza a grain or is it like what? How I don't even like. I am a current. I am not like Don. Don is the the malt <laughs> and barley expert, and I am. I I just like to drink beer. So, what can currants be used for?
3: Well, the good news is, currants has a grain. Okay, thank uh, you. Grain is sure a cereal grain. Uh so in the grass family, um, it is a distant cousin of other cereals like wheat and barley, and. It's actually the produced from a plant with a very marketable name named Intermediate Wheatgrass.
0: Oh, I love <laughs> intermediate wheatgrass. I'm just kidding.
3: Isn't intermediate <laughs> wheatgrass great? My gosh. I had it in my smoothie this morning. Um <laughs> uh so intermediate wheatgrass is has actually been a forage crop for animals for a very long time, in the US since about the 1930s. So it's been domesticated uh, by us and and a few others, including the Rodale Institute and the USDA for as a potential candidate for grain crops. And then we've taken it to this stage where it is now officially a grain crop. So like other grain crops, it can be used in a number of applications. In its current form, and by that, I mean, we're still actively developing it. So as it is now, it's essentially a niche, small grain. Um, it has, it's a fairly diminutive size, about the about a third of the size of wheat. If you okay. compare it to barley, it's much, much smaller than barley. Barley is a big, fat, you know.
0: Because sexy, it's been bred to be so. It's
3: a big, fat, sexy beast. The Kearns is very slim and you know <laughs> demure um but it packs a lot of flavor it packs a lot of flavor and a lot of nutrients so because of its small size it has more bran around the outside um than starch or carbohydrates and more proportion of the grain is protein and oil so though all of those components have a lot of flavor to them but what they don't have is carbohydrates so and they all, it also doesn't have the kind of uh, stringy, stretchy gluten that bread grains have. So it's actually got some components to it that are like sticky, like um, barley or rye. And But also because it doesn't have a lot of starch, it's a little tricky to malt because there's not a lot of starch to activate to create sugar to brew from. So other things that it can be used for, it's a great short flour. So if it's milled, um, because it doesn't have a lot of uh, the the long chain glutens, it works great in an application where you could use say cornmeal or a short flour to make things like shortbread or pastry, like short pastries, crackers or um anything where you can uh have some other kind of sticky binder in it where it doesn't require you to stretch it essentially makes a lovely pasta believe it or not um I i i actually i actually met kernza uh at when i was at general mills in the cascadian farm on the cascadian farm organic brand and we used it uh, to make a cereal, which was is still available on the market and quite delicious.
0: Oh, I'll have to look for that. Um, so can you maybe explain a little bit what you mean by regenerative agriculture and how Kernza fits into that? As opposed to, say, you know, I'm not a farmer and I know farmers; they already rotate their crops. Doesn't that doesn't the rotation regenerate the soil isn't that the point of rotation and if you're using a perennial grain where you're not roti- rotating the crop doesn't isn't that worse since you're taking <laughs> certain nutrients out of the, you know the same nutrients out of the soil every year
3: sure so regenerative agriculture as i understand it and have experienced it um with growers but also with markets is really points to a host of agricultural practices that improve soil soil health, specifically uh, no-till agriculture where you're harvesting but not tilling every year and you're replanting your crops right into the stubble from the last year's crop. That reduces some of that soil disturbance. Another thing that is common in regenerative agriculture systems is um, cover cropping where you plant a crop between your cash crops that covers the soil and adds nutrients back in. So for instance, if you were growing corn, you might grow um, soybeans or you might grow a clover crop or something like that in between. There's a, there's a lot of different ones. And sometimes those are cash crops. Sometimes they're just worked back into the soil either by, you know, cutting them, mowing them, etc. So cover crops is an example of diversity um, over time. There's also diversity in space. So intercropping is a kind of Diversity, where you're actually planting two crops simultaneously in the same plot, which is something that we're actually researching at the Land Institute. For instance, we're researching intercropping Kernza with alfalfa to see if we can harness the magic of legumes, which is what alfalfa is, where they fix nitrogen in the soil to reduce Kernza's need for excess nitrogen if it's like a low nitrogen environment, um, some regenerative agriculture systems include uh, regenerative grazing, where you introduce animals into a particular environment, and they, the action of having them in that environment increases, you know, the microbiome uh, and the diversity in that, um, and then other less utilized regenerative agriculture practices are things like adding pollinator habitat and um, doing continuous living cover, which Kernza is actually used as part of, where the soil is never left uncovered. So that points to something about Kernza, which is because it covers the soil year round for many years, and is perennial, meaning it comes back without having to be tilled or anything, it actually develops a microbiological life around its roots that is robust and persistent. Whereas in an agri- annual agriculture system, even if you're doing crop rotations with annual plants, our, one of our um, ecologists likes to say, like, are you living on fast food or are you living on slow food? And perennials are more of a slow food environment. And you tend to develop a much more resilient microbiological community in the soil than you do with an annual agriculture system. So those are some of the benefits uh, and how Kernza fits into a regenerative agriculture system. The add-on to that would be that the difference between perennial systems and regenerative systems, while they do overlap and intertwine and can be you know, co-beneficial, perennial systems look at the problem from what you plant, the actual crop, whereas regenerative systems look at more the practices around it. So our goal at the Land Institute is to try and create an agriculture where just by planting something, you get all of the regenerative benefits without the work. So that's the long-term goal.
0: Okay, awesome. Mm. Thank you.
1: So um, a lot of beer people know about Kernza from Patagonia. Uh, collaborating with various breweries. How did Patagonia, who I, you know, I, I wear f- a sweatshirt from them. How did they get involved in this project?
3: I'm probably get my dates wrong, but I think it was Fun. back in 2015 ish. Um, so Patagonia, Patagonia's founder, um, Yvonne Chouinard, and our co-founder, Wes Jackson, are peers, And they were talking about Patagonia Provisions, their new food division. And wouldn't it be cool... (laughs) I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure that's not what they said. Wouldn't it be cool if we did something together? Because Patagonia Provisions is looking to make an impact on the planet through food. And then here is Kernza coming on the market maybe we should try something. So that was the spark of them utilizing some of the first grain harvested from Kernza. Well, it was named Kernza at that point, but it was a tiny amount of acreage. And given the the small-scale output at the time, because it was literally research plots that were being harvested, thought well what could what could be done with that you know crackers or pasta or whatever it's like actually you know the flavor would probably go best in a beer so (laughs) let's make long root ale so they that's how it started and then they got involved with um hopworks in in portland to make that a reality
0: awesome
1: Oh, I like um, when beer is the first thing that people think of. That makes heck me. Happy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's well, why we have
0: society. <laughs>
3: yeah. and... I was gonna say, isn't that how we all got here? Yeah. There. Yeah. That's the origin story I like personally. <laughs>
0: me, me too. too. <laughs> um, Tammy, what do you want uh, brewers to know about Kernza and what do you want beer drinkers to know about Kernza?
3: What I want brewers to know about Kernza is that it is a flavor-packed uh surprise waiting to happen that it is such a new grain that has a distinct flavor profile and one that is very very soil driven terroir driven the way that wine grapes have terroir it really changes by the geography in which it's grown like that flavor profile. And so it, you know, a beer made with Kernza grown in Minnesota could have interesting nuanced differences from a beer made with Kernza grown in Kansas. Both of them will be really interesting. And so I think for the experiment-minded craft brewer, Kernza... Could be pretty fun and pretty cool to to experiment with. Um, we they're coming out with some interesting new forms of kernza. One of the early uh, pieces of feedback that the 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 kernza community received was like, hey, this grain's really tiny. It's kind of hard to work with. So we have to like mill it, and it slips through our grain mills. And what do we do about that? We don't want to use flour. That's too thin. Too fine. Um, So there's some new flaked kerns coming on the market, which I actually eat for breakfast as breakfast cereal is pretty good. (laughs) And they're starting to like toast it and do different things. And then they're also working on malting it. So those things are coming on the market. Actually, flaked kerns out now. And we, we also want feedback from the brewing industry about what they need and how they want to engage because in the future we could start breeding Kernza specifically for brewers and they could have their own line, um, in the future. Oh, that sounds awesome.
0: Mm. Um, so Tammy, you mentioned it's a relatively new grain. You're open to developments. You're making new developments all the time. So if people want to keep up with that, could you please share your, social media handles or if people have questions, how they can reach you?
3: Yes, so it's landinstitute.org is our website for the Land Institute, but kernza.org has its very own special site, which is a great place for anyone in the brewing industry or who's a farmer or a, a miller who wants to get involved with the actual Kernza community and it links to all of the research and researchers that are working on Kernza worldwide, because there's a growing global community. Um, And like, there's a big giant list of all the ways that people can can try Kernza now, where you can get it, where you can go in Milwaukee, say, to try a Kernza beer or Portland, et cetera. And Let's see. I'll give you my, I'll give you the, the Instagram handle for the Land Institute is the Land Institute. Very classy. Um, <laughs> and, and if you happen to be on the platform formerly known as Twitter, uh, it's nature as measure, which is harkens back to a quote from our co-founder.
0: Oh, nature as measure. Hmm. Wonderful. Like that. Thank you, Tammy.
3: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Cheers. 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 And we'll be right back with Lane
2: Carter of Aslan Brewing to talk about brewing with Kernza. Attention brewers. Registration for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards closes on January 31st. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. Use promo code All About Beer to receive 10% off of your order. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024 by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Don't delay. Learn more and get your beers signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com/register and use promo code All About Beer. As January comes to an end, so does the Dry January challenge. But it's not just about abstaining from traditional beers; it's a journey into the world of zero-proof alternatives. In Spain. A pioneer in non-alcoholic beer consumption, with nearly 13% being alcohol-free, Estrella Galicia's exploration began in 1988 with Estrella Galicia Cine Alcohol. Their commitment to innovation and quality is evident in their brewing techniques, which are constantly refined. Take Estrella Galicia Zero Zero where interrupted fermentation allows them to achieve a beer with a unique aroma of lightly toasted malts complemented by subtle floral and hop notes, resulting in a refreshing and exceptionally drinkable beer. They carefully brew a specific wort, letting it ferment for 12 hours before stopping the process through cooling. Lane Carter is the operations manager for the
0: Northwest's premier organic brewery, Aslan Brewing Company. Coming up on her fifth year with Aslan, Lane has done a little bit of everything from sales to sustainability management, and has a history of bartending at many breweries in years past. With a passion for making food and beverage more sustainable, Lane and her team at Aslan are excited to contribute to the Kernza lager movement. Welcome to the show, Lane.
4: Thank you so much for having me. Hi.
0: Um, So first question is, because Kernza is a relatively new grain, Mm -hmm. How do you design a beer around a grain you've never used before, both, I guess, brew house performance wise, but also flavor, more importantly, probably flavor wise?
4: Yeah, um, we actually had the chance to get like a small portion of Crenza before we um, made our first batch of the beer. So we kind of got to do some testing with it. And um, we call them like seep tests, where we'll treat it like tea and kind of seep the grain in hot water for a while and in different ratios Um, and we'll taste that water we'll kind of feel the grain around in our hands and taste the actual grain itself Um, and we got this really nutty flavor from it so uh, we wanted to highlight that but also kind of uh, mitigate how nutty that is because i think sometimes nuttiness can deter people from a beer so um, making sure that we added uh, a little bit of bitterness and We went the Pilsner direction for that reason, um, to kind of take the edge off of the earthy nutty flavor that the Kernza provides.
0: Oh, okay. Um, and the Kernza, is it malted, unmalted, flaked, rolled, raw? Um, it's
4: unmalted. So we, I wish it could be malted and I think, um, eventually we can get that far, but, uh, it's unmalted and it's in kernels. Um, so we basically have to take our mill and uh, get it so that the it's touching in the middle where, um, it goes through to make the grist and then move it back just a centimeter. So not even a centimeter, just as, as little as possible. So we have to mill it, um, pretty finely in order to get everything we want out of it.
1: And how, yeah. How much of that is in the grist? And then what are you, are you just using base malts for the Pilsner, like Pilsner malt or
4: yeah there other,
3: Yeah yeah sorry
4: Um, No, you're good we're uh we're using pilsner malt um and patagonia asked that we use at least 15 percent kernza and i think we're just above that um because it is such an earthy flavor we do definitely have to kind of curb that with some additional malts and treat it kind of as an
1: adjunct because it's unmalted is it hard to work with is it sticky is it like what's it like uh when you mash it in
4: um, it's not particularly difficult. It's it kind of lo- we're lucky that it acts like a lot of our other malt. Um yeah. So fortunately the adjunct that we're using, if if we were to call Kernza an adjunct, um, is relatively easy in terms of like cleanup and everything. Um, it does get a bit dusty because we do have to. Uh, mill it so finely. But other than that, I think um, it's been a really lovely process and it's been a nice ingredient to get to know.
3: Cool. Thank um, you.
0: Anything special you need to do like a, a different um, step infusion or rice hulls or
4: I don't know, yeah, exogenous yeah.
0: enzymes? I don't know. I'm just <laughs>
4: um, so because we're organic, we actually aren't allowed to use enzymes um we Aslan spring is an organic brewery and you would think that enzymes would be considered <laughs> um not yeah how are enzymes not... Sort of organic enzymes anyway okay <laughs> yeah it doesn't really make a ton of sense but it is one of our limitations so i will say that um honestly we don't have to change much but it's because we have so many limitations through being organic um being organic also opens a lot of awesome doors uh like being part of this project but um, I think because we aren't allowed to kind of use aids in that way, we have to uh, kind of just take our time, and we don't decoct it or anything. But um, I think our brewers definitely take a little bit of care in terms of making sure that like they're feeling good about where the mash is at before we transfer it over to the latter ton.
0: Okay. Um. So you mentioned that it's a pilsner. Mm-hmm. Uh. How did it? And, you know, I, I realized you had the steep and the test batch and everything, but yeah. how did it turn out? Were you happy? Did you?
4: Yeah, we you were really happy with it. Um, the first batch actually ended up being a bit cloudy and we kind of think that current uh, might be a little higher protein. Um, so some of that haze lingers a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually just switched from a lenticular filter to a plate and frame filter. And one of the first loggers that we ran through the plate and frame was Kernza. So it was a fresh filter, but we were kind of new at using it. Um, So we were curious about whether it was the filter or the Kernza. Um, And after some deductive reasoning, we uh, realized it was the Kernza. So um, we actually, I think, sent the second batch of Kernza through the filter twice and it ended up being much more clear. Uh, So that was kind of the only change we really felt like we needed to make. Um, the taste is the same. It's bright and lovely. And, um, there is that hint of earthiness from the carinza, but otherwise it's light bodied and really just a pleasure to drink all year round. So, um, sometimes I feel like certain lagers are really nice during the summer because they're crisp and maybe have like a little bit more, more rice to the body. Uh, but this one is kind of like so versatile, it feels like. So, um, mm-hmm. I encourage people to look into Crenza and using it because it does kind of make your beer so well-rounded.
1: And uh, how did the customers like the beer? Was it a, was it a hit?
4: It did seem like a hit. And you know, a lot of that probably has to do with the Patagonia label being on it. Um, People are so intrigued by the fact that we're working with Patagonia uh, provisions. And I think um, that has started a lot of good conversations about Kernza itself, and uh, why we're deciding to use this expensive regenerative organic um, crazy grain that no one has heard of before. But um, you know, that's what it's all about, right? The the mission is kind of trying to get our food and beverage to work for us and work for the planet. And um, the the beer has been really well received, but it's also started some really uh, awesome conversations with our customers and bartenders.
1: Oh, that's Very great! Cool, yeah. How did you get hooked up with Patagonia? Did they reach out to you and go, hey, we like what you do. You're organic. Let's work together. Or was it how did how did this come about?
4: Um, we reached out to them about five years ago just to be like, hey, long <laughs> cut, but if you guys ever want to do anything, we're here. We make beer um, and nothing really ever came of that. You know, the pandemic wasn't helpful, but um, it was just kind of like, a, oh, yeah, so nice to meet you. But, you know, nothing strikes us right now, um, but we do love your brand. Uh, And then one of their uh, brand leads had drinking a lot of Aslan from the grocery stores out in California um, because Patagonia is based in Ventura and the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he mentioned that he had gotten a bunch of our beer for a company retreat day um, and the people really liked it. And when they were uh, thinking of who to do this project with, us being organic was definitely appealing. So um, five years later, it was just kind of a perfect storm of us being in the right store at the right time, as well as people are remembering that we're organic, which is something that not a lot of our customers seem to remember. Um, but we're always talking about it and we're always uh, looking for cool opportunities to do sustainability focused beers. So um, yeah, I think it was just kind of right place, right time. And a lot of uh, legwork in terms of us talking about our mission. That's awesome. Do you,
0: do you think like how distinctive is, the flavor would consumers be able to you know if you just put down a, a glass of beer in front of them would they be able to taste and go oh is that kernza in this
4: right i think if you kind of gave them like a precursor palette description of what kernza is mm-hmm. they could pick it out in a side-by-side with something that didn't have kernza but just off the cuff i don't think people would be able to say oh this one is different like why does it taste different. Okay. Um, maybe I can, but you know, I think being beer professionals, you guys probably know our palates are just a little different because we are working when we're tasting beer. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, you know, I think that's kind of a good thing almost like current having a signature taste is a, is a cool thing on one hand, but having it be so, um, indiscernible kind of makes it more versatile and more approachable for other breweries so um that kind of makes me hope that people get on board with it sooner rather than later
0: right um very cool this you may have sort of already answered this but like Mm -hmm. you you you're happy with the beer consumer feedback seemed to be good about it um does this i guess what i'm uh i'm not articulating myself very well um is this Am I'm going to defer to you because I should. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Like,
1: I don't, oh, hey, we are, don't share a brain. So, are you, are you, <laughs> uh,
0: are you doing something different for the sake of doing something different? Or is there actually a good story here? Like,
4: yeah, um, that's a great question. I, uh, I think that we are always doing something different for the sake of doing what we feel like is right and that is brewing organic so this was kind of another thing where like we already kind of have to take a non-conventional process anyways we may as well throw another element into it and that element which I think is really the next thing in sustainable brewing is regenerative organic so I talk about why we're organic all the time and that's um because we feel like it's the right thing to do for our customers and the product that we're putting out there that they're consuming, um, for ourselves, but also for the folks growing our ingredients and harvesting our ingredients and for the planet. Um, so, you know, we are doing the Kernza project for the sake of, um, trying something new, but also I think we just feel so committed to our mission. Um, and it felt like, a step in the right direction if that makes sense
0: yeah it does
1: so since you seem like a really big fan i'm assuming you're going to work with kernza more in the future
4: yeah definitely um big fan of kernza for sure um <laughs> i got to go to the farm where it's grown and meet the farmers and his family and um it was just such a lovely experience and so i definitely hope to continue working with kernza honestly at this point aslan Treats Kerns Lager kind of like a flagship. Cool. Um, yeah. So oh. we are pretty committed to brewing it year round. When we're almost out, we brew more. Um, and it is a six-week beer, so quite a bit of planning goes into that. And being organic, even more, you know, I have to have recipes submitted to the USDA eight weeks in advance. So
0: oh, um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, oh. it's
4: it's crazy. There, there's a whole other story behind certification. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are going to work with Kernza more in the future. Um, we have another project coming up with Patagonia um, that will launch in the beginning of April, um, and it's basically uh, what I was just talking about with the regenerative regenerative organic movement. Um, but instead of just Kernza, we're we're trying to kind of get the whole bill to be ROC certified. So I oh. uh, can't say much more than that, but it's exciting and we are the, one of the only breweries hmm. um uh, kind of taking it a step further if that makes sense. Don just I, got so excited.
1: I did I literally, I
0: literally <laughs> got goose That well, sounds glad. I love
4: when people care about sustainable beer. <laughs>
0: Uh, I I do, but all but I also am also like I'm super intrigued because I don't know how you do it. Um,
4: yeah, I'm, yeah,
0: I'm I'm familiar with kernza, but totally. that's it. You can't make 100% kernza beer, right?
4: Right, that would be um, a lot of our limitations actually exist because the price point kernza um, to put it in perspective is about five times more expensive than our average malt. So, and then our Average malt is organic, so that's even oh, <laughs> ex- extremely more expensive than conventional malt. So I'm sure other breweries saw the price tag on curds and were like, whoa. Um, but you know, without making a thirty dollars six pack, I think that, um, you know, that's kind of the thing that limits us the most is price, and right. we're going to do everything we can to kind of mitigate that. So should be interesting.
0: <laughs> so I can't wait. Yeah, April, right? 100%. April. Yep. Regenerative certified. Okay. Um well, I certainly want to keep my eyes open for that. I think I heard M say that she wants to keep her eyes open yes, for that. Yes, please. Yep. So to help us keep our eyes on that lane, can you please share your social media handles or if people have questions how to reach out to you?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um at Aslan Brewing is Aslan's uh, main account. We have a few locations, but that's where you'll find the most information, especially about sustainability stuff. Um, and then we um, also, you can always uh, reach out to info at aslanbrewing.com and we're super on top of getting the appropriate questions to the appropriate people. Um, the person that runs that is awesome at following up. And yeah, I would say that those are probably the two best ways to reach us. Um, and then keep your eyes peeled for our sustainability report, which will hopefully be done by March.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, thank you, Lane. We
4: talk a lot about Kernza and that. So, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lane.
4: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. So, M, are you going to uh, search out a Kernza beer?
1: I am. I love. I love nuttiness in beers, and so you love
0: nuttiness in co-hosts. I, well,
1: I'm a. Nu- I'm nutty. What can I say? <laughs> um, so when Lane was talking about the nutty flavor flavor profile, rather, I was I was all in, especially in a yeah. pilsner. Like, I want a nutty pilsner. That sounds great.
0: <laughs> and you're helping the planet when you're drinking that beer.
1: I love that. Like know? it's win-win. It's total win-win. I'm into
0: it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. If you have questions for the experts, please email podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, or to inquire about supporting this show through advertising. M, how can people reach out to you?
1: I am at Pints and Panels across all social media, and my website is www.pintsandpanels.com. Or dot uh, www.pinesandpanels.com There we go. Should know my own website. I've had it for 14 <laughs> years. Geez. And you, Don?
0: Uh, I am at the Dawn of Beer on X Threads and in Instagram. And people can drop me an email at dawn at the dawn of beer dot com.
2: Here's a final word from our sponsor. Attention Brewers, registration for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards closes on January 31st. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event, judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judged in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. Use promo code ALLABOUTBEER to receive 10% off of your order. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024, by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com register. Don't delay, learn more, and get your beers signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com register and use promo code All beer. Astray Galicia has two other distinctive recipes that you can only find in Spain. Astray Galicia 0.0 Black and Astray Galicia 0.0 Amber. Both are beers where multi notes take center stage. Their commitment to excellence has not gone unnoticed, earning them silver and bronze medals in prestigious competitions such as the International Beer Challenge and the World Beer Awards. As they celebrate the end of dry January, it's not just a month of abstention. It's a fantastic opportunity to reset the palate and cultivate an appreciation for the nuanced and intricate flavors found in non-alcoholic brews. Cheers to exploring this exciting frontier of the beer world. This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for
0: articles, notes on this show and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Cheers.
1: Cheers, everyone.